0: Hello, world. This is SpartyCast. Welcome to SpartyCast, episode 15, brought to you by the Social and Psychological Research on Technology Interaction Effects Lab, the Sparty Lab at Michigan State University. I'm Dr. Robbie Rattan, your host and director of the lab. Episode 15, we're getting up there in numbers. 15, three times five, a good age. be wild and crazy uh the element is phosphorus which is highly reactive just like the excitement i feel about the topic for today ready player me i speak with ceo timu toke about the company wolf 3d that is making ready player me it's this cross-platform avatar system it's got a vision for using the same avatar across not just multiple games, but also professional applications, social media applications. They've got 200 partners around the industry. And we talk about how people relate to their avatars and how Ready Player Me can facilitate different types of relationships. Um, He makes a really good point in the professional context. A good avatar is an avatar that you don't talk about But in the gaming context, you want to talk about it. You want to flex with your avatar. It's an interesting idea. Um, And and I'm really, really grateful to start pivoting this podcast toward people in industry working on these media technologies that are so relevant to our research here in the field of communication and technology, um, interactions with kind of humans and computers and avatars, right? But this doesn't just happen in a bubble, the developers are feeling their way through the markets through the kind of pressures of of technological constraints um, in order to develop these products. And so I think by understanding the developers and the business minds behind technologies like Ready Player Me, uh, we can be better researchers. And then maybe we can also contribute to the development instead of just including a single paragraph at the end of our papers, which says implications for design are, and nobody reads that section who actually designs things if uh, if you write it in a journal, aimed toward communication scholars right so so therein lies the motivation behind talking to the ceo of wolf 3d i hope you enjoy the conversation because i certainly did all right i am so thrilled to be here with timu toke CEO of Wolf 3D maker of Ready Player Me the avatar creation system that has impressed me most in uh, in many years so uh, Timu, thank you so much for joining the podcast the sparty cast for my lab um can you tell us a little awesome. bit about yeah tell us about your yeah. yeah where are you you're in estonia
1: I am in estonia thank you thank you for the kind words by the way and I'm uh, great to be here I'm currently in, in Estonia. That's where I'm from. That's kind of where half of the team is, team is based and the rest is around Europe. Uh, but I spend most of my time in the US when there's no pandemics and stuff around. Sure. But currently trying to figure out a way to get back conveniently without having to be, you know, cur- quarantining somewhere.
0: Of course, of course. Um, I, if you could only send an avatar in your place.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be, be easier. One fine day,
0: one fine day. So, um, so we were talking a little bit before recording here about the vision of Wolf 3D um, kind of cross platform avatars around the media landscape. So yeah, can you tell me a bit about that and feel free to repeat what you said before.
1: Sure, absolutely. Yeah, so, um, you know what we see. Um, you know, is that the metaverse is coming and, and there's more and more virtual applications that people use every year. Uh, they spend more time in virtual worlds. Mm-hmm. And, and it's clear that the metaverse is not going to be like kind of one app owned by, by one company. It's going to be a collection of, of you know, thousands or, or millions of different virtual worlds that people use for different applications, like for, for games, for, for, for work, for um, collaboration. And um, in order to put those worlds kind of together, link them together, uh, some kind of cross-game, uh, cross-avatar, cross-game, sorry, cross-game uh, services need to exist. Um, and avatars and, and identity is the most important, important of them. So uh, being able to create an avatar that you love and kind of transport it with you um, across many different virtual experiences is we think you know, the, the very key, key thing that needs to exist uh, for the metaverse to really exist. So that's what we're focused on, kind of building interoperable identities that people can travel with across um, the metaverse.
0: And as far as I've seen, um, nobody else is really doing it at the level you're doing it. I took five minutes to make my avatar from, a, from the browser on my phone. I didn't even have to install an app. That was great onboarding, right? I'm, I'm taking this photo. I've got an avatar. I took a few extra minutes to tweak it. Even still, 10 minutes later, I've got it in VR chat. I'm embodying it. Um, you've got partnerships with Animes. I use them to put it into Zoom. I can I can run it with my students. Um, you said you have something like two hundred partnerships now.
1: Yeah, 200, 200 games and apps that are integrated integrated today, and growing like forty percent month over month. So, and you have to
0: go. You have to go one at a time. You approach the game and you say, "Hey, can we kind of create use the dot avatar protocol or or however you use."
1: Yeah, so like it's actually a big majority of that is inbound, a very big majority. So, um, uh, so people just see our avatars in different games or like different experiences, and then they can just reach out to use them um, themselves. And like that's because like the the kind of the avatar tools that we have built um, are useful for game developers uh, in like in general. So like even if you don't need interoperable avatars. Uh, a lot of games still need an outer system. So you either spend six months on inventing your own outer system or you can integrate Radio PME in a couple of days and you're good to go. So that's kind of the problem we're solving for developers today. Um, And over time, it becomes more of a kind of a network and a a platform that um, kind of links different worlds together. Uh, And we're already doing that between, you know, the the kind of the small metaverse we've created over the past year or so. um, And that's kind of, uh, you know, only going to increase over time.
0: Absolutely. Research in my field um, suggests that there are a few different ways people relate to their avatars. So mm-hmm. some people might relate to the avatar as me. They want it to look as much like me as possible. Mm-hmm. In other contexts, though, you want to inhabit a character that has its own identity. You might feel like, you know, the guide for that, that character, you know, you're, you're controlling yeah. Mario or Laura Croft. And then the third uh, common relationship we often talk about is the object. It's just a, it's just a thing to help me get around. Right. It's like a car in a game. If I don't identify with car, though I've made arguments in my research that cars are like avatars. We can have these three types of relationships and you can have, you know, a little bit of object. It's it's got utility, but it's also a little bit of me or a little bit of its own identity and a little bit of me. Some people talk to their cars, right? Like they they treat it like another, but it's also, of course, (laughs) it gets them A to B. So, So those are the three types of relationships here. Um, Ready Player Me seems to be designed toward the first. The avatar is self types of identification, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But what about, um, like, let's say you're going cross platform to games Mm -hmm. in which you need an avatar that kind of has its own narrative. Like how do you combine game narrative with customized avatar?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, very important point. so we generally see that games that have a very strong narrative are obviously they kind of they have a storyline and you want to kind of go to someone else's story and, and play through it in your own way. It's kind of a movie in a way. Uh, and we think that that kind of industry uh, stays the same. You know, you still want to play a character in those types of games and, and you want to kind of uh, go into the story and experience it as a um like a movie. So and that's we're not trying to change that. Um uh, but uh in other experiences which are um more social that you kind of experience with your friends and people you communicate with in real life also or or colleagues um uh, there you you want to be yourself um or a version of yourself. Like what we've seen that is that people don't want to be like a replica of themselves, they want to be like a realistic version of themselves, they want to be recognizable to themselves and to uh, other people um, that they know, but um, it's kind of a version that they create themselves They kind of curate their identity um, in a way. And also, like, we do offer people an um, option to create an avatar that is not connected with your own, own identity. You can just, uh, you know, make one without the selfie and, and, and kind of uh, use some customization options. We have some masks, um, and definitely we plan to expand on that in the future. Uh, but kind of personal authors is our background. That's where we come from coming from. And that's kind of the missing part um, in, in the on the market like that. It doesn't really exist. No great personal author solution exists. Um, and that's why we built it. And that's why we built Ready Pemi on top of that.
0: Yeah, so you also mentioned IP from other, uh, like Fortnite has done such a great job of integrating IP across the landscape. We see movies like the Lego movie or um, Ready Player One, right? They're they're integrating IP across different movies and games. Um, And so can can you see kind of a a flipped direction here where instead of integrating the IP into the game through the avatars, you're integrating kind of the ip into the avatars so Mm -hmm. maybe i i pay for the i don't know the avengers uh set of avatars and now Mm -hmm. i can use them across games because i've licensed to the company through ready player me and and that kind Mm -hmm. of gives me um a continuity of identity which is kind of the one of the goals here but it also gives me this street cred of oh i've got this cool character
1: right exactly it's It's all about that. It's kind of uh, opening up many worlds for the same outer and for the same assets. So you buy, um, you know, Avengers outfit, you can use it in in many different experiences for the sellers of that outfit, for the IP holders, uh, you know, the outlet that they sell uh, on Me is more valuable for the user because it has more utility across many different experiences, not just one game. And if you stop playing one game, you can continue using it in in another experience. you know, probably there, there needs to be some some kind of customization to the style of the assets, depending on the experience and type of uh, world. Um, uh, but but overall, yeah, I think the ownership of assets needs to kind of trans. Um, it needs to it needs to be um, it needs to be it needs to exist um, in uh, across platforms across games.
0: Sure, sure. And you're mentioning games here, but uh, let's maybe take a step. Into the professional world. I think it's so cool that I can turn on my virtual camera over here and then I can switch the camera in zoom and boom I am an avatar right here that I created (laughs) ready player me Um, and it looks pretty good I mean I did not spend much time making this at all. I think some of the like behavioral algorithms, of course, this is, this is animes that I'm using to, to run your avatar. So um, I'll try to give some feedback to animes about um, their behavioral algorithms to make kind of professional meetings a little easier, but um, yeah. But what do you think? Yeah. About other outside of games, uses of your avatars.
1: So like from our current 200 partners, probably like, I don't know, 70 or 80 are some kind of a professional focus they have some kind of a professional focus so like meetings events things like that so like oh, wow um, that's a
0: big proportion actually
1: it is yeah because we started from that because we launched as the pandemic kind of you know started really um so everything meetings related was like booming and it was a great first thing to to focus on so so that's what we did and um yeah so definitely there's a lot of uses for outdoors in professional settings um even on, on normal video calls but obviously in VR, um, virtual events, uh, you know, we're having some team meetings also in, 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 3d spaces and it helps kind of, um, yeah, it's just an interactive experience You can form groups. Uh, it's like spatial. If you have like a, you know, team meeting with like 60 people on zoom, then it's like a webinar, like right? one person speaks and everyone yeah. listens. Mm-hmm. If you have like a 3d, uh, if you're meeting in a 3d space, then, You can actually work around and kind of simulate reality a little bit better in that sense. Absolutely. Um,
0: So what should we wear? Avatars are like clothes. And in a professional setting, we're expected to wear professional clothes. I mean, I'm in my alien (laughs) T-shirt. But I would probably still wear this while teaching. I teach while riding my skateboard. My students know I'm pretty relaxed. Um, But if I go to a faculty meeting, of course, I I button up the shirt, maybe even wear a tie if I'm giving a talk, right? So um, what do you think about kind of different levels of professional avatars? Is that something you guys are preparing?
1: Yeah. Um, so first I think like right now, still a lot of the platform kind of builders, um, the meeting app builders, i us say they, they want to enforce like address code uh, themselves. So like um, in business meetings usually, you know, uh, which was kind of surprising for us also, um, a good avatar is an avatar you don't talk about kind of, uh, so when you go to a business meeting, you kind of want to get to the business. You want to speak about the subject. You don't want to be like, oh, wow, that's a cool hat. You know? Wow. It's like, yeah. So like that, you don't want that to be a distraction basically. So it needs to be quite, um, um, yeah. Professional and and not like, um, not too extraordinary, uh, in, in, in some way, but I think overall, like those things will be more flexible and, and people will, um, you know, I don't have a dress code in my house. <laughs> I can, I just wear the stuff that, like, you know, I think is appropriate to wear. And I think the same thing is going to happen um, uh, in virtual worlds over time. Although, if you don't have a real identity um, in a world, then obviously people act a little, a little crazy. Um, so yeah, uh, I think, there I will think be cultural think no- cultural norms will um,
0: kind of adapt, and and the the acceptable avatar will kind of emerge. Um, I I love that quote. I I wrote it down. Maybe we'll put it in the episode notes. A good avatar is an avatar. You don't talk about that. That's great. You know, it kind of sinks into the background. You treat it naturally. And as we know from research in my field, people are very psychologically open to responding to technology as if it's a human. If it, if it just has some human characteristics, we'll talk to it. Uh, we'll have a team like bond with it. We'll appreciate Politeness cues with it, as if it's human, even if we
1: know very well know that it's not. So, um, yeah. So yeah. I would add to that: it's like uh, in a business setting, that's the case. If you want to like just kind of be very practical about the uh, way you use authors, uh for meetings, right? Uh, what we're trying to do for consumers is like we do want them to talk about them (laughs) you know we Uh, want them to be cool and awesome right and that needs to be something you go and you you flex with right so uh, that's why people buy skins in games they want to show other people how cool they are and how cool their skins are so there's kind of two sides which are very different like if you're a consumer you go to a a virtual experience you want to uh, to be noticed and if you're a business customer it's kind of different yeah Wow.
0: Um, that That's a really interesting point. And I think there's a theoretical model here that 10 years from now, people, students in my field will be testing. They'll be looking at the yeah. avatars people use. We'll, we'll probably develop motivational scales for like, what are you, what context do you use it in? What's the culture of that context? And then, you know, we can content analyze the types of avatars people use. So, um it's predicted here first predicted here by (laughs) Timu and I think you're you're definitely onto something makes a lot of sense what about the education context so um it's kind of in between professional and uh entertainment in some ways I mean it's certainly not entertainment but it's more relaxed it's more informal when I have students I'm going to teach a class in virtual reality this spring, uh, wearing goggles will probably be in VR chat, try out some other apps. I'd love to have them use ready player me avatars. Actually, I will certainly have them use them. Um, yeah. so what do you think can be done to kind of harness avatars as an educational tool?
1: Yeah. So our out are used in, in, uh, in education in multiple different ways. Like it's, uh, some, it's just kind of VR, uh, lessons, um, which is, kind of like a normal class, but they try to replicate that in VR. Um, and yeah, there are people just use, yeah, all kinds of like, yeah, I, I haven't really learned what's the best out there for that. Uh, but I assume I assume it's more playful than the business one. Um, then outers are just interesting, cool things for kids to try out to learn about the new technology. So. We have some schools that reach out. that are just going to use outdoors to build a simple AR app, for example, together uh, with, with the teacher. So they create an outdoor for themselves. Like they write a couple lines of code and they just kind of see their outdoor in, in AR, just to kind of uh, you know kind of teach them the principles of how this stuff works. Um, we just had a student actually reach out to us uh, one day that was trying to put something together for a school project with Ready Pay me? <laughs> it was quite cute. And we helped him uh, like build this app.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, that's really cool that you helped him. So, yeah, yeah. what where, where should uh, listeners or listeners send their kids uh, to go and, and use a tool to learn to program avatars a bit?
1: Yeah, I mean, ReadyPlayerMe, you can just try, try out at readyplayer.me. Um, Ready player and, we, and you mean, like,
0: beyond creating an avatar, there there's, like,
1: coding tools, too? There's docs there, so there's in, uh, integration examples for each platform, so you can kind of see some examples. And we're also starting to post some, like, open source examples of different kinds of outer apps, like, um, you know, face tracking app kind of template, so you can take that and you can build on that. Um, so kind of we're doing that stuff as well. Yeah. Uh, but right now it's mostly like kind of radio param integration examples.
0: That's awesome. That makes a lot of sense. And I think um I'm definitely going to recommend that to my students. In our program at MSU, we have students who are like me who are a bit more on the psychological side, but we also have many students who want to go into the games industries and um and also information science. They want to work in technology, social media. I think. Uh, many of them are learning to code or at least it's they're they're well served by understanding how uh technological development works and so yeah this i think is a great way to introduce them through a tool that people find super kind of personal right like making an avatar really is a personal experience um last question and thank you so much for all of your time here um my my most Interesting, the phenomenon that I that I study the most is called the Proteus effect. Have you heard of it? Yeah, of course. Okay, yeah. great, great, great. So um, so you know, people conform to the characteristics of the avatar. Yeah. I have this theory that influence through avatars will be stronger than influence through almost every other medium, as long as mm. it's done kind of with, uh, in, in line with the other lessons that we know. So mm-hmm. uh, what do I mean by that? Well, if I'm if I'm trying to get you to eat healthily um, and I show you a message of these people kind of either having good consequences if they eat well or bad consequences if they eat poorly and there's there's a narrative, there's relatable characters like that, that will convince some people right? that that's how persuasion and advertising works. But now, if I integrate. The avatar into that experience, so it's you. You're controlling it, and your own avatar is changing through its health behaviors or mm-hmm. through um, through some some sort of interaction with the environment. You're much more likely to change your own self concept. And mm-hmm. that will last, especially if you yeah. continually use that avatar across multiple platforms throughout your entire day. The avatar becomes the mechanism of behavioral influence that is really, is potentially quite powerful. Um, yeah. So, so you I you're totally on, agree. <laughs> you totally agree. Um, so yeah. have you thought about then integrating, I mean, how do you feel about advertising it might make make you worried right oh are we gonna be seen as a company that's trying to manipulate people through the avatars or can we help people by getting healthy behaviors or uh, plugging into kind of campaigns for uh educational motivation like yeah what's your feeling about using avatars as this kind of tool
1: yeah so um first we luckily don't need to do any ads for our survival because outdoors are you know the the perfect business model is selling stuff for the avatars and that's a gigantic market. So it's a very kind of it's a transactional business in that sense. We don't need to, um, you know, sell anyone's data or or sell them anything, um, you know, doing ads. So, um, yeah, so basically that's that. And and the other side is like, we're a tools um, provider. So our goal is to make make the best avatar tools for developers around the world and and support them in building whatever they want to build. So sometimes, if we think about the cool use case, kind of we nudge it uh, in that way. Maybe we find someone that is kind of close and and pitch them the idea, or or try to find companies that are working on this and and kind of um, integrate it, integrate with them. But I haven't really um, seen any 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 anything like that around yet. There is one app that we had a chat with. Um, it's called like better me or something like that. Um, and it's kind of like using your avatar and, and trying to motivate you to do some like exercise every day and things like that. And then um, the avatar is kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, the visuals of the avatar improve or decay, depending on if you kind of hit your goals. And like there's a meditation and it's generally kind of trying to teach you like good habits um, and, and have it as an avatar in it. We haven't yet integrated with them. I'm not sure if they're launched, uh, but uh that's that's one thing I have um came up when I when I thought about it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, um, it, that's great. It's it, the, the main reason I'm so excited taking a step back here to talk to someone, uh, the CEO of a company doing avatars to kind of connect it with my understanding of the research is I don't know the market side as well. I know the psychological mm-hmm. side, um, but not the market side. So you make a point, right? Like we've already got this business model. We don't need advertising at this point, but, um, but like you say, it, no one's doing this yet. All media right. industries are, in the end, supplemented by advertising dollars, and so it's kind of an inevitable outcome. Um, and so, it yeah, is in,
1: like Go ahead. definitely. I mean, when you have impressions, you can kind of sell <laughs> stuff. So, but in the metaverse, so to say, in virtual worlds, um, you know, virtual goods. I hope are a much better business than ads, but I'm sure there will be ad-driven things as well. You know, wherever you have impressions you can you can sell them right so um but but i think yeah like um you know for for companies like fortnite for example it makes sense to sell virtual goods and and do that well and that's kind of an honest way to to make your make your money um and and they're making enough of it so um absolutely i hope that that will kind of translate to the rest of the metaverse also
0: Absolutely. I hope so too. Um, I can imagine a a two tier system, premium avatars uh, where you're kind of free of that influence, but then if, if you want a cool avatar and you don't want to pay the five bucks or 250 bucks, whatever it is uh, in mm-hmm. the future, then then maybe you take on an avatar that, that does have some hidden message that's designed to influence you. Or maybe it's overt, but I imagine actually hidden messages might, might work well in this context. So we'll see. It's, it's a scary, it's a brave new world, um, but it's an awesome yeah. new world too that, <laughs> that you're ushering in. And thank you so much, Tima, for your time. Um, I really appreciate it. And I hope we can stay in touch.
1: Sure. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Okay, that was our interview
0: with Timu Toke, CEO of Wolf3D, maker of Ready Player Me, an awesome product. I think poised to at least facilitate the early stages of cross-platform avatars in our media landscape. It made me think about my personal experience with avatars and how at the end there, we talked about the Proteus effect and how excited I am about the potential to influence people in positive ways, you know, motivate them to engage in their education more or make healthier choices, or be more confident about themselves, reduce toxicity in online environments. All of these, to me, seem like really exciting areas in which we could kind of harness the potential of avatars toward behavioral influence. But lest we forget, the fundamental, as I talked about with Dr. Lakshmi Rutan, um, the fundamental business model for media is advertising, right? Um, advertising supplements the cost of producing media. And so in these early stages, we have this kind of pay to engage, this pay to use avatar type system, though, of course, it's free uh, also, Um but you can pay for premium. But eventually, perhaps the advertising model will find its way into this technology as well, for better or worse. I mean, advertising does serve a valuable purpose in in diminishing the marginal cost of your product, thereby allowing you to expand who, who's getting it, right? So more people get newspapers, more people are able to access the news on television. Um, Presumably more people can connect on a social media network that has positive externalities effects on the people in that network because it's all advertising supported. And maybe we're going to see that in avatars as well. And it's going to be related to the Proteus effect. And in some ways that's, that's a little scary, right? It's a new mode of influence that people might not be ready for. And so as I I briefly mentioned in my rap about the Proteus effect, we're going to need new forms of media literacy. And so um, I don't think Timu Toke is on a mission to uh, indoctrinate the world with with ideas that they would otherwise um, find <laughs> unpleasant through adver- avatar-based av- advertising. Oh, wow, that's a mouthful. That's going to cause many slip ups in the future. Um, but, but I think other companies might in the future. So we'll see how this unfolds. It is super exciting. It is ripe for research in our field. It is ripe for people in our field to, um, to kind of connect with the technologists on the ground, like Timu. I hope to connect with more through this podcast. So yeah, that was, that was a great interview. Um, Thank you for listening. If you're interested, if you like what you heard, please follow, like, download, subscribe, and tell your mom, dad, neighbor, maybe your uh, your cubicle mate or your uh, cohort mates who are interested in this topic, tell your old professor... Mm, your English professor, if if they're interested in, in uh, narrative and transportation, there's a connection here, or your psychology professor, or the grad student, the TA you had a crush on, tell them all, tell them all about our podcast, please, and, um, and then we can expand, and with expansion in this podcast, we can get higher and higher profile guests to join and tell us about their slice of the media technology world thank you to our producers also george mcneil and taylor halterman thank you most of all to you the listener for listening to spartycast hope to see you next time where we will be discussing video games and avatars and um and everything nice around that but i don't know specifically at this moment thank you for tuning into spartycast Goodbye world!